0: Hello and welcome to MTM Vegas News. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. As a reminder, you can watch this show, including all of the visuals at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. Or if you're enjoying the podcast, consider subscribing. You can find us in your favorite podcast app. Just search MTM Vegas. On this show, we have a lot to talk about, a lot of exciting stuff. Fountain Blue Las Vegas is officially back on. They started light construction a couple of months ago, but this week they made it official and announced their opening date. We'll talk about all of the details who they're planning to compete with, when the property will open, and everything you need to know. Plus, in other news, Wynn Resorts announced that their CEO, Matt Maddox, is stepping down next year. What will it mean for the luxury brand? Also, we'll talk MSG Sphere, a big update coming there. We'll show you the latest progress in that very, very cool project. Plus, is Las Vegas ruining the Raiders? Some people are saying that Vegas isn't the right city for professional sports. We disagree. Lots of other stuff, including entertainment the bull riding association and robo taxis are coming to the strip very very soon stick around for all of that all right let's get into the show so mark this last weekend was a crazy one for entertainment in las vegas we had all the normal stuff but tons of acts in town i'll throw it up on screen which of these acts would you have uh, gone to if you were in town 1990s call and they want their band oh, back God. <laughs> Oh, my God. I knew I knew you were going to have something to say. All right, pick one. Come on. Were you going to go uh, to the bull riding, the boxing,
1: any of the singers? I, I would probably say boxing. I've never been to a boxing match. It looks like it'd be kind of a spectacle, something really cool, all the stuff built up. I mean, boxing isn't like Rocky where they just stand there and punch each other, even though we wish it was. Um, but I think it'd still be kind of, like, exciting to see just the whole, the whole show they put on for it. So that would probably be my choice. Yeah, and Canelo uh, won. He's you know the heavyweight
0: champion. I think he unified all the titles for. He's only the sixth person to ever do that. So it was a big event. It's it would have like, been cool to go. It's to. It's like
1: European soccer. Like you don't you don't really know. There's like <laughs> seven seventeen different
0: titles. <laughs> now I would have gone and seen Santana. I mean I was here, but I could have done that. But I, I should go do that one in the future. Nobody can play the guitar like that man. I mean he's getting up there in age, so I don't know how well he plays it these days. But man, I, I love I love. You yeah, should have seen him in
1: the '90s, man, killing it with <laughs> Matchbox
0: Twenty. <laughs> All right, Mark. There is big news in Las Vegas. We've been talking about how Fountain Blue has been under construction again, but yesterday they made it official. They had a big press conference, had the governor there. Fountain Blue Las Vegas is official. That will be the name of it. Fountain Blue Las Vegas. The the original developers, along with Coke Real Estate, are involved. It's going to open at the end of 2023, or at least they
1: say it will. <laughs> are you uh, confident that that's going to happen? I don't know because there's been so many issues with this. I would say no. If it was like a normal property, I would say. Probably because so much of it is already done, but the fact that this thing has been sitting there forever, uh, I'm gonna lean towards
0: no. Now Jeffrey Soffer, who is the CEO or the chairman of Fountain Blue Development, is is involved, and you know they're very excited about this project. They say the the building itself is in mint condition. Um, He also says that I find that hard to believe. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it's been what's mint dusty i mean (laughs) yeah well as far as like if the steel's in good condition and stuff like that the glass that's what i imagine Um, because they did say that uh it's going to be an upscale resort kind of similar to win i know they also mentioned bellagio and aria and other things uh hopefully not like aria's rooms are these days but uh some other interesting things the project was (laughs) 70 percent complete when it was done uh when you know it got shuttered back then and 1800 of the rooms were finished but they're gutting all of those as far as finished is what I'm reading into that is the the layout and all of that. So they're gutting all the rooms that were finished and they're basically starting from scratch. Will be 3,700 rooms when they're all said and done, um, bringing it up to modern standards. Is this going to be the new Cosmo? It seems like it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy that they had that many rooms done and somebody didn't just swoop in, you know, 20 years ago and or not 20 like 10 10 15 years ago and just finish it quickly. Like it was already pretty well done and it's just been sitting there, which I find kind of crazy, but. I see, you know, it could it could definitely be the new Cosmo if they do it right. And Fountain Blue is a big name. You know, they, they are definitely on the trendy side. So it could be, I mean, MGM will probably destroy Cosmo. So this will be maybe the shining light to take over.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Maybe uh, this is going to be an independent property, different owners uh, on the strip. Now, you can blame Carl Icahn for the reason Fountain Blue didn't probably get built right away because he is that billionaire investor who comes in with distressed assets. And he came in and bought it for pennies on the dollar and then stripped it of all the furniture. We've talked about how they sold the furniture to Plaza, uh, took the copper out of the walls. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, he stripped it down. <laughs> <laughs> and he sold went to on could. it. <laughs> yeah, he made a lot of money on it though because he made money on selling off the assets and then he made money eventually on the purchase when he was able to sell it to the previous developers who were going to do the Drew and then that fell through. I'm excited. This is much more exciting than the the JW Marriott. And for anybody who's sort of like, you know, doubting this. Coke Real Estate's a huge company. Fountain Blue's a huge company. Sure, the market could turn and something could happen between now and then, but um, they really are officially starting construction. That's something that has never happened since construction shut down in the Great Recession. So there is reason to be uh, hopeful for, with this uh, project.
1: Do you think Vegas ever gets to the point where they just, they have too many rooms? Like, how many more of these are we going to add? If Resorts World adds more towers and, and new projects and stuff like refurbishing, uh, something that's already there. Okay. You're not adding rooms, but when you're building new stuff, I'm always wondering like, when do we hit that breaking point where there's just too many available and it ends up hurting them?
0: Well, we probably saw that like in the nineties when they start tearing down all these old, uh, hotels. And I expect that might happen again. One of the things software said was the, the sort of area of the strip has changed a lot in the last 14 years since, uh, they started development on fountain blue, uh, you have of course the brand new convention center expansion. And Resorts World is now officially open um, and some other projects coming to the North Strip. So that really is where a lot of the growth is going to happen. And I think one of the reasons they're redoing all these 1800 rooms is because the market's changed and you're going to need to keep up. We've seen some of these older hotels. The rooms are small. um, They can only do so much with it and they fit fine into like mid tier, lower tier. But there's only going to be so much demand in each category. And um, I expect if we get a lot of new rooms, we'll probably lose some on the lower end, but I think the answer with casino moguls would be that the market's going to grow. <laughs> That's what they're going to say. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, <laughs> they we'll see. Hope.
1: They're like this. They're like this. Let's do it. now did If you, you build the... it, they will come.
0: <laughs> now, for me, the best, I was just there uh, the other day, and the best part of Fountain Blue right now is they have this giant slide on the outside. I guess it's to dump materials down from like the fourth story down to the first story, but I said they should sell tickets and help fund the place by uh, going down there. So I'll be the first to volunteer as tribute Get to go some down the rusty giant rusty nails slide.
1: in your side, like, like Action Park. <laughs> totally worth it. Totally. Yeah. yeah, they should put a pool at the bottom.
0: Just dig a little hole, put a pool. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> that much would.
1: what they did there. So, yeah, it works. Yeah,
0: there you go. All right, Mark, there's a lot of big news this week. So let's move on. Win Resorts had some big news. They announced their earnings uh, this week, which we'll talk a little bit about. But the big news coming out of that was CEO Matt Maddox stepping down. He's the one who came in to replace Steve Wynn after all of the crazy allegations uh, he's been with the company basically since the beginning. Win Resorts founded in 20, 2002. Uh, he's been there uh, since the being only the second CEO. Now Craig Billings, who is the the president and chairman of the board, is going to move into the CEO role. And Maddox has agreed to stay on uh, with uh, Win Macau and Win Digital through the end of next year. But he's stepping down on January 31st, 2022, as Win CEO. It's a big uh, big deal for one of the largest gaming companies in the world.
1: Yeah. And I think he did uh, as good of a job as you could do coming out of what, you know, Steve Wynn, the mess Steve Wynn made, and then having the pandemic hit. Like, it was probably like the worst four years the CEO could have to go through. And uh, so, you know, Wynn's still up there. Like, it didn't tarnish it. Like, you think of, like, you know, we talk about financial products a lot, and Wells Fargo's like, they're tarnished forever because of their mortgage end of company. And Wynn isn't really, you know, the, the whole brand didn't get tarnished, even though the founder, you know, is tarnished personally. So I, th- I think he probably played a very large role in that. So you know, kudos to him for keeping it going.
0: Yeah, I think he gets a lot of credit uh, when Win left. To your point, I mean, this is Win Resorts, right? Never has a founder been so involved with the vision. And uh, Steve Wynn is is such a visionary throughout his entire career. You can, you know, whatever you want to say about him personally, his accomplishments stand for themselves. And to step into that role and uh, show the success in you know in Boston they've they've had some sort of mixed success there but they've gotten that property off the uh off the ground and then keeping the level of service standards across the properties in Macau and here in Las Vegas uh, I've said many times I think when Encore are the uh, best hotel or hotels in Las Vegas the service is impeccable and I don't even understand how they can do it with the amount of rooms they have but it is really an impressive a uh, company and they did have some record uh earnings as far as their uh EBITDA but they did still lose some money i think a net loss of 246 million or 145 a share is what they reported um but definitely much better than last year and positive uh, signs in macau which is really what's hurting them a little bit a uh, wind palace in macau actually made made money uh compared to last year uh, their, their wind, other wind properties struggling so this company set in the right direction and the uh, craig billings isn't really a huge change of direction for him he's another person who's been there a while so hopefully they'll be able to keep everything up and uh, keep moving uh, forward but it'll be interesting to see where Matt Maddox lands uh, considering uh, that the board basically begged him to stay on board for a little bit longer and he's doing that but he must have some plans
1: yeah I would imagine so Or maybe he's just you know ready to tie it up and say I'm I'm gonna enjoy life now
0: <laughs> or he's or
1: he's gonna go run Fountain Blue who knows oh
0: know. ooh. no Rumor uh, started
1: out of our yep. brains
0: <laughs> Yeah, so from my uh, mouth to Twitter's uh, ears right there. Let's just put it <laughs> out there. All right. Now, this week Capital One is like famous for their Venture card with their double miles, and you know, we we talk on the MTM podcast, our Miles and Points Travel podcast a lot about uh about credit cards and travel rewards and really showing people how to travel for less. And we talked this week on the MTM podcast about uh, Venture X, but I just wanted to put it out there for people who are kind of not tied as much into the credit card game. Capital One has this brand new product, 100,000 point bonus, which is worth at least $1,000. We're going to have a link in the description for you guys to check out an article on our website that explains it all. We think it's a really good bonus and a really interesting new card on the market and one that can get you some free travel, whether it's to Vegas or or somewhere else. So check that out. And if you want to hear more about it, check out this week's MTM podcast. You can find that in any podcast app or just go to mtmpodcast.com. And don't forget, subscribe, thumbs up, comment on anything we talk about. Mark, let's talk about the MSG Sphere, your favorite building to trash, to, uh, to talk crap about. Uh, I was just there the other day, I filmed it. People will see the video right now. The screen is uh, almost finished on the outside. It's actually looking really good. I have to say that I like the way it looks. Uh, the last month they finished the roof, so they poured all the concrete to get that all done. Now they're starting construction on the interior steel skeleton. That's going to hold the giant LED screen. Uh, let me let me get this right. 160,000 square foot is going to be the exterior LED, and then they're going to have this giant LED in the for the audience. It's going to go up and over the audience, so they're going to be fully immersed. Uh, it's going to be the length of three football fields. It said, and then 170,000 speakers. How do you even get 170,000 speakers inside of a building? I don't know, but. I'm getting it's excited. It's
1: easier to, like, uh, you get more space, I guess. I don't know. It, it better sound <laughs> darn good. I mean,
0: now we know where all that, that money is going.
1: Yeah, it better sound better than uh, the Raider Stadium, the stadium uh, sound system for sure. But I didn't know that they were going to be doing LED inside, too, which is kind of cool. I imagine it'll be a better version, but similar to, like, what you get on Fremont Street Experience, where they're playing music and you have the light show type of thing. So it'll be kind of like an immersive. And we've seen that with, like, TVs with the backlight and you know, when you're watching a football game and the colors change and it kind of gives you more of an immersive feel. So I think that's pretty cool. Not something you really see anywhere else that I can think of for concerts and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they use it. I'm sure it'll take a, a couple of years to really get in a groove of, you know, the best way to feature it, but it would be kind of a cool experience. If you want to go watch uh, Santana strum some stuff from the seventies, there you go. I think, I mean, wouldn't it be in cool though, to have him do that
0: and have all the You know the the best sound system in the world and and the audio visual i get what they're selling we both had you know doubts about whether they're going to make money or this project makes sense financially um you know smarter people than us have i guess figured that out we'll see if it does either way it's going to be iconic so it's good for las vegas that this thing is coming and you can see it from a surprising number of angles on the strip just because of the curvature of the strip and uh, it's definitely going to be iconic i do hope we get some of those really cool light uh, screen shows that they talked about earlier in the concept art as opposed to the light shows. So uh, we'll see how that all progresses, but it's uh, it's good to see it moving along and um, they've spent a lot of money on it at this point. They're gonna finish that thing and uh, that's a good thing for Las Vegas. And
1: uh, I hope you- Yeah, get... could you imagine if like a half built sphere sat there for 20 years like Fountain Blue? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the stacks on the South Strip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That wouldn't be,
0: wouldn't be good and yeah the other we didn't even mention it with fountain blue but it's just going to be so nice if they finish that property not to have that giant blue tower you know sitting there you know with windows missing and and all of that just to have that operating will be uh, a great thing for las vegas because we had that sitting there of course resorts world was sitting there uh, the old echelon project for a long time before that was built so finally it seems like las vegas is uh is shedding the uh that great recession nonsense and uh good all around there so let's talk about the Raiders for a minute. We didn't talk last week. Um, you know, Rugs had that that 156 mile per hour. That's a very, very big, famous story. I'm sure everybody's heard it. Um, they had some other issues with one of their cornerbacks. Uh, I think his last name's Arnett, right? Um, he got cut from the team. He was threatening to kill somebody with a gun on social media. Um, I saw a lot of people talking about that. This is Las Vegas corrupting the Raiders. Um, you know, Ruggs went to Top Golf, which I believe is in every major city in the country at this point, then to a friend's house, and then he drove. Trying to blame what's going on with the Raiders on Las Vegas is, uh, it's not fair to the city and utterly a ridiculous argument. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, people are just ridiculous if they want to say that Las Vegas is not a city that can have pro sports teams because the players are going to be corrupted because of all of the uh, entertainment offerings. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And it's not like the Raiders have a history of being, you know, upsta- upstanding citizens in a good a good franchise or, or anything like that. Like, there's always been kind of, you know, Raiders have always been known as like kind of a dirty program, dirty team. And they've they've kind of gone for players that are like that, you know, that have that edge to them. So, you know, this kind of just goes with that theming, I think. And it'll be interesting to see if if they kind of try to shift away from that, like their old history of being tough nosed and just guys that are willing to do whatever um, and, and kind of shift away from it because of all these news stories, which isn't good for business. It's not good for their brand. It's not good for the city. So, you know, it, it's crazy. And we're, I know we're going to talk about it in a minute, but like it, it's been an, an issue in Vegas period of speeding cars and stuff. So it's not like it's unique to football players or anything like that, but it, it is kind of a crazy story. Yeah. And I do want to say it's a
0: tragedy what happened. Um, and it's a just, so sad for the families involved in such a a needless thing to happen driving 156 miles an hour uh ridiculous uh you know drinking and especially, driving
1: especially when the NFL will pay for you to draw, get picked up and drive anywhere like they do this for any player in the league cuz they don't want these stories so it's kind of crazy like when you have access to that that you can easily get from point a to b without having to risk anything just take it you know yeah. but not to mention Uber Lyft whatever
0: i mean it's yeah. so easy Uh, to get around but to your point uh there in in las vegas there's been a 26 percent increase uh, in the last year in tickets with drivers going over 100 miles per hour and the police basically said uh, people are driving more dangerously now uh, because there's less there was less people on the roadways during covid people have been kind of in their houses a lot more so they're more aggressive they want to get out on the road and this is happening all across the city. And I'm imagining it's probably happening all across the country as well. People just being more aggressive and driving. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, and it's, it's just a terrible thing.
1: It seems crazy on like a city street, especially like Vegas is always pretty congested, but like on a highway a hundred doesn't sound as bad. Some places have 75, 80 miles per hour to start with, but on like a city pedestrian, 35 mile an hour street, you know, it only takes one thing for you to take out like a family or Or whatever it's just it's insane go to the desert if you want to drive 100 go to the desert rent a car go wild yeah it's really insane and there's
0: surveillance video of that car driving down uh, the street before the accident and just the speed is it's mind-blowing to see it on video quite honestly compared to the other cars and again just a terrible but las vegas is a city that is ready for professional sports we've seen it with the golden knights they've been here four seasons they're in their fifth season now and we haven't seen any Golden Knights players having issues. I'm not saying the Raiders organization's terrible. These are problems that they have to work with. They had Gruden, of course, get uh, fired earlier, resign, whatever he did earlier this year. It's a it's an organization that needs some work, and hopefully they'll do that. But don't blame Las Vegas for the problems of the Raiders. And um, other than that, I just want to say again, uh, heart goes out to the family of uh, of the woman uh, killed and her dog as well. It's just a, it was just a brutal accident. All right, so from that, let's talk about money laundering. Now, this doesn't involve a Vegas casino, but it involves one of the Southern California casinos or card rooms, as they're called, because for the longest time, these places have existed uh, without you know slot machines stuff like that. But the Bicycle Casino in Garden Grove, California, got fined five hundred thousand dollars for allowing a uh, Chinese national. They didn't say the name of the person, but he was a Chinese national. To come in and over the course of eight months gamble $100 million in cash. And they did fill out the forms, but they filled it out in the name of his assistant. And uh, you can't do that. Yeah, it's just crazy. Just a reminder of how, like, we we talk about all these sort of financial regulations. And when you're trying to move money in and out of casinos, this is why, right? Casinos are the perfect way to launder money if they're not paying attention. I'm guessing at half a million dollars, they were probably looking the other way. That's sort of the thing that we've, you know, casinos have done over the years. So I don't know. But they say they fixed it and they're not going to do it again.
1: Yeah. It seems like a very small fine. You know, I'm not a math major or anything, but hundred million dollars funneled through for a $500,000 fine. I'll, you know, I take that every day, like give it, give it to me. Cause you know, you won some of that, you got your, uh, your vague and all that stuff. You, you probably made way more than half a million dollars. Plus why would somebody with hundred million dollars go to such like a small casino? Nobody's ever heard of in Southern California. Like you just know that there was something going on there.
0: I mean, um, just think about hundred million dollars in cash over eight months. Yeah. Think about how much cash that is to be bringing in in suitcases and in duffel bags and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's an insane amount of money. It's certainly something that the casino executives and management noticed. It's not something, and they did fill out forms, but again, they broke the rules and filled it out in the name of the assistant, not in the name of the gambler. This is something that's happened before with other casinos. Uh, of course, it makes sense why somebody who's super wealthy uh, may not want their name on all these forms that are going to the IRS, going to the government. Uh, but anytime they do these transactions over ten thousand dollars in cash they have to fill out the the uh suspicious activity reports and um you know there is a lot of this but i guess the system worked because they caught them so uh, there you go with that all right and the next story here is robo taxis are you ready to get into a taxi with absolutely no driver not a not a backup driver just one you get in nobody's driving and you go where you're gonna go did this story uh upset you at
1: all no why would it upset me <laughs> Because Honda is (laughs) doing what uh, on this road, what Tesla couldn't do in a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: well, first off, Tesla does do it above ground, but uh, um, they've been developing this technology and they're going to partner with Lyft. In 2023, Vegas will be their launch market for full access to robo taxis. They're actually going to launch it in 2022 as a test thing. So these Ionic cars have been testing for a while in Arizona and stuff, but yeah. I mean, to you, you're right. You're right. Tesla does Pass. not have, Tesla does not have this technology that can go fully driverless and uh, they do. So I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I will not be in one. That, that, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> anyway, you'll use the Lyft app. So it's just going to be like calling a Lyft. And I, I mean, I, I really can't, uh, can't wait for it. I guess I do drive a car like with my autopilot on my Tesla where I've become much more comfortable letting it control things and maybe that that makes it easier for me to sit in the back seat Uh, there have been issues though with these cars hitting pedestrians Um, the accident rate's significantly less than a human driver though that's something that people don't always keep in mind when they kind of trash these autonomous systems but there's a lot of you talk to people about self-driving and about on the consumer side and they say there's a long way to go before we actually get to fully autonomous vehicles but when it comes to these taxis 2023 i mean they've been on the road for a few years now so the future is now, I guess. That's it. The future is now. Isn't that, what was that, uh, the Arnold movie, uh, Total Recall? Didn't they have robo-taxis in Total Recall with a little robot in there? That we should, They should do that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember yeah.
1: that? Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, they have, but they
0: didn't have, I it wasn't driverless. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. driverless, but they had a robot in there, you know, driving. But same, same difference. All right.
1: Yeah, they had, uh, I saw on Netflix, they have like a, movies from the 90s and i was scrolling through and i was like oh good movie good movie good movie and then there was like santana strumming a guitar in a video and one of them <laughs> oh too. my god i you're triggering all the santana
0: fans out there and you know the arnold fans now too total recall is an amazing sci-fi movie for people you should go you should go absolutely see it i just and uh they did the remake too with uh what's his face that's right i, I have not seen that yeah i've not seen it. That, it, so. it wasn't great it wasn't great. All right, I do like the I do like the original. I like when Arnold's outside and his eyes are because there's no atmosphere and his eyes are bulging out and yeah, it's a it's a great uh, great Arnold movie if you like Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting. Nothing tops Commando. <laughs> no, Kindergarten Cop. It's not a Tuma. All right, all right. So last story, the Professional Bull Riders Association announced last year that they're leaving Las Vegas, and in the beginning of the show, we talked about that they had their championships last weekend here. This was the last year they're going to do that they're moving to dallas and that was a big blow um for a long time i mean i remember when i worked at mgm grand in the early 2000s uh it used to be at mgm grand garden the professional bull riding and uh it was a big big event It was like kind of the very big first big major sports event here in las vegas other than boxing and stuff like that anyway they're gone but they're launching a new team league so i guess there's teams in rodeo or whatever and so they're gonna have teams in different cities and the championship of the team league will be coming to Las Vegas, so they're giving us a consolation prize, I guess, considering they stole the championships away.
1: Jim Simmons must have got a hold of them and said it was too hot, and they're like, "Yeah, we're well, cool, let's go."
0: <laughs> no, I mean it's it's been a big event for a long time, but Las Vegas has sort of maybe moved on a little bit. It's not as big, you know. They used to be the big fish in the small pond of events, and now there's, you know, we just showed at the beginning of the show how many crazy events there are uh, every weekend now. It seems like.
1: Yeah, I could play a role, and da- Dallas feels like a better fit, you know, for a rodeo than than Vegas does. So I think it makes sense for them. I mean, I, I can't I can't hate on them for it. Yeah, just happy to have this new league, and I have no idea what team rodeo
0: is. I'm guessing that you know it's just people competing, and then their scores get added up. But it's a new thing for bull riding, uh, this team league. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's not my thing, but I'm sure I'm sure somebody's excited about it.
1: You're triggering all the bull riding fans.
0: <laughs> and with that, we have successfully triggered every single person that's watching this show, as is our goal week to week. Uh, if you like this, you know, don't forget to leave a comment on any of the stories we had. Tell Mark how great Santana is and how much you love his great guitar work and how much you loved Smooth back in the 90s and whatever else. Just leave a comment. Smash the thumbs up button. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for watching.